Before this week's episode starts, we would just like to include a trigger warning. Um, sometimes we talk about things that can um, bring up some memories or trigger people. Um, there are some topics sometimes that we talk about that are rough and may not be suitable for little ears. Um, just want to give you a trigger warning before this week's episode starts. We appreciate you listening. And we like to talk about the hard things, but we also don't want to cause any harm to anybody. So um, viewer discretion is advised sometimes, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hi, guys. This is Sophocles here. I know you don't know who I am, but it's great to be here. And on episode Sabu, we are talking about Sunday school. Everybody wants to go to Sunday school. If you didn't understand that, that is um, Sophocles. Yes, it's my name is Sophocles, so wear it out. Um, he said we're talking about Sunday school today. Sunday school. Sunday school. Okay, please put Sophocles away. Why? I can go get uh, uh, Aristotle. He can do one. Aristotle? Aristotle's a new one. Oh, gosh. My name's Aristotle. Every little scruffy puppet that lives upstairs. You live upstairs? I live upstairs in the Sunday school room. What do you do upstairs in the Sunday school room? I look for Sophocles because he invited me to Sunday school and I just I never get to see him. Okay, okay. Right here is Donald Chuck. We're so, we're, you can see me right over here. <laughs> okay, that, that was your cue to stop. Yep. Okay, so if you don't know Taylor, you obviously don't know Taylor that well, but Taylor loves puppets. And I love puppets. It's so much fun. I've been trying to convince Bailey to allow me to bring Sophocles to Lithuania so we can do puppet on a mission. And every little bit makes just a little outdoor video with Sophocles talking about the missions. Uh-huh. Yes. It would be fun. You know it would be fun. It would be great. And she still has a convince. And so if I put out a poll and you all vote yes, will you do it? Because I will desperately need this validation and support. I'm just saying. Okay. So today we're talking about Sunday School. And originally I had titled this in our little notes that we have of episodes we want to do I titled it the problem with Sunday school or the Sunday school conundrum um, and so you're probably sitting here thinking there's a problem with Sunday school Sunday well great. we have and, and, a show for you anyways oh my goodness if you don't know VeggieTales has a country album and it is great it is absolutely it is great glorious. Just, this isn't what we're talking about today alright rabbit trails ribbit oh wait that's that's a frog buddies don't make noise <laughs> anyway so Sunday school innocence is wonderful it's great we're both Sunday school teachers one more than the other, but yes. I she helps. Okay, she does listen. Help. She I does used help. to I used to not like kids. She still hates kids. I do not hate kids now. I, I sometimes don't know what to do with them. But y'all know this about me. I'm a homeschooled only child. I don't really always know how to handle children. And so um I have gotten better, thank the Lord. But I'm not always the so greatest, but I am doing better. But we are both Sunday school teachers. Okay. You have done it a lot longer than me. So Alright, put it off, please. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, so 
we were what really started the idea for this episode when was everybody was <laughs> going to be doing normal stuff um, was Bailey was studying putting her book together. If you ever were, you want it, me to just it. explain the story? And I can do it. Uh, okay. I can do it. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so Bailey was. And she was reading, and we actually ended up having a debate. Yeah, uh, a, I was reading about Moses. And she was like, did, did, did the children of Israel have the law before Moses went up the mountain? And I'm like, no, 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 no. And after she's like, a lot of sure? research. <laughs> and so after, like, reading 500 different versions of the Bible. And act- and sitting there and reading it as slow as earthly possible. Come to find out, one of the biggest stories that Sunday school teaches in general is taught wrong. So to to tell you and to give a little more detail about what happened, I was reading and I was like, I, I got real confused. And I said, okay, if Moses was on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments and the Israelites were down there breaking the law, how did they know what they were doing was wrong? Because they they hadn't Moses was up there, according to the way we tell the story, he was up there getting the Ten Commandments and getting the law for us. And they didn't know that. Well, if you go and read in Exodus... You don't remember what chapter to I don't remember. I think it's 23. I'm not sure. But if you go read Exodus and you read the story of when they're at Mount Sinai, you see that that God had told Moses to prepare the Israelites because his presence was going to fall on the mountain. Okay? When they go... And they prepared themselves. They were all terrified and they were not ready for this. But God does fall on, his presence falls on the mountain. It catches in fire. And he speaks to them and makes the covenant with Israel. The covenant is the Ten Commandments. So after the Israelites know the covenant, all Moses was going up on the mountain was to get a solidification of that covenant. The Ten Commandments, the tablets of stone. That's why he went on the mountain was to get the tablets of stone and the tabernacle plan. That's why he went. So they knew the covenant God had made with them. They just didn't have the solidification of the two tablets of stone. So that's why they. That's why God was angry with them because they knew what was right. And if we go by the way we tell the story, the they wouldn't reads, have known what was wrong. The way it reads is essentially like God spoke, and then Moses would write it, and then Moses and the children of Israel would confirm and say, "As the children of Israel, we, you know, basically we accept agree. This we covenant. accept this covenant." And so on and so forth and I don't remember ever hearing it told that way no ever so when she asked me about it I was like no the children they didn't have it until they went up the mountain you know and so after and this is where you still need to show yourself approved everybody is a little lacking it's okay yeah there's then and as I've been studying I've realized there's several things (laughs) that we don't really we don't know that story fully or we don't tell it completely right. The way, yeah. We try to dumb it down a lot, and unfortunately, that means we're raising a generation of kids with dumbed down stories. And then they're going to get older. And confused, and then we feel like they've been lied to. And so, that's the conundrum in a lot of ways, is that we we need to, one, tell the stories correctly. We need to make sure that we are telling the stories to their fullest extent. Yeah. Now, of course, that means... Stories like Bathsheba is going to be a little hard to tell what was going on to children. But if you're going to tell the story of Bathsheba, don't don't be like she was playing with a rubber ducky. 
like VeggieTales does. Which, I mean, I understand they're trying to make it kid-friendly, but that story is not kid-friendly. <laughs> Sorry, most of the Bible is not childhood-friendly. Yeah. Um, but, but we can't let our kids grow up and not know the real stories. Daniel in the Lion's Den, we had something that happened recently with some of our friends. He was teaching the study in the Daniel in the Lion's Den, and nobody could figure out who the king was at the time. Adults alike. Some of them raised in church all their life, and they were all... It was... I don't even remember... I think nothing was right. Even the curriculum, I don't think, was right either. And so, that's one conundrum. That's just one conundrum that we can find that we need to do better as a whole, as Christians as a whole, as church as a whole, as apostolics as a whole. We Mm -hmm. need to make sure that we're telling the Bible correctly. We need to make sure that we're sharing the Bible correctly. Also, we need to stop calling them stories. There, yeah. Because they're not just tales. They're not fairy tales. They're not stories. These are actual events that happened. Yeah. And so... Because we found with teaching and teaching our kids. We, we teach kids Bible study on Monday night. We have found that when we tell the kids that this really happened, they're in shock. That's really funny. Because they are being told these are stories. And it's not every case. It, it is different depending on the household, the individual yeah. kid, if he's a bus kid or if she's a bus kid, or if they come from a house where, you know, mom's in church, dad's not in church, or they come from a ministerial home. You know, every kid's going to be different. It's not always solely Sunday school because I feel like at the same time, we're not trying to give Sunday school a bad rap. Sunday school is a great avenue and a lot of people have been saved and come to faith through Sunday school yeah we need to what we're saying is we're at this level we need to step it up a notch yeah we've got to make sure we're teaching the truth and that these kids don't know this is just something made up and the unfortunate thing is things are happening at younger and younger ages now Mm. so on to the next topic children like we recently had an, an event in our church where this little girl said had she had proclaimed that she was she, she was trans or that she was I don't remember, and it caused a lot of questions. And so, as a Sunday school director, we had to sit down with the kids and explain what the Bible says, and we yeah. had to have a hard conversation. Yeah. But yet, most places won't do that. They will either brush it off or they'll try to pull that child out or whatever. And I'm not saying every church is the same, but it, that's something that we need to do better about being able to have those harder conversations we, yeah. with children. Because if we're not going to have those harder conversations with them in Sunday school where we have them, yes, for maybe an hour. Sometimes that hour is going to last forever. For eight hours throughout the week. And we're the only place as a Sunday school teacher, as a Sunday school classroom, that they're going to get truth. Yeah, and get that safe environment with what he was talking about with we have, a, we have a kid in our church that is just started coming, at, and she's that been coming with somebody. She still comes. Oh, she um, She still comes. It's not as often. She still does come, but I think she's in the youth group now. Um, and um, with, with this situation, if our church would have been afraid to talk about the thing, the, the hard things, and what would have happened? We would have hurt somebody. If we would have kicked this girl out and not let her be, you know, involved in church and involved in ministry. And if we didn't explain why it yeah. was a sin and it was a problem, then we would have had a bunch of kids confused to us and why hurt. it was a problem. You think, especially kids that go to public school, it is prevalent. And they have friends that are in that community and in that lifestyle. We have friends, adult friends. Yeah. And it you can't be afraid to talk about these 
things that hurt and that are hard and that aren't fun to talk about. And you're going to have to tell your kids about this. You're going to have to because you would hate for them to learn it from somewhere else. The other thing that Drummond Sunday School is speaking about hard topics is it's not Sunday School's fault all the time. And I'll, I'll give the teachers a reprieve. You know, it's not their fault that the kids aren't getting everything that they need because it's also a parent's job. Yeah. So really this needs to be a conversation more so about raising children. And I know we really don't have much room to talk because we don't have kids. But we're going to talk about this from the But we were raised by parents. (laughs) But still, so that's why we're we're talking from a Sunday school perspective because that's what we have mainly dealt with. And so Sunday school, yeah, you're going to get a little wrap. But we we are at this level in as as a group, as a church as a whole, and we need to make Sunday school, yes, we can have fun. Yes, we can do all the crazy dances and dance moves and BBS. But if we are not giving them good, solid, foundational teaching, we are doing a disservice to our kids. Yeah. And that's a problem. And that's something that we need to rectify and fix. Our curriculums need to be updated to have these harder conversations and tell the whole story. Kids nowadays are getting younger and younger that know about sex, that know about Uh, anxieties and fears and cutting and suicide. And and I know I've talked about it on here. I was seven. I was seven when I was first exposed to porn. Yeah, and it's getting even younger. And it it is getting even younger. I couldn't remember things when I was a little younger that I was like, oh, whatever. You know, I was exposed to that at seven. I started looking up what suicide and cutting was when I was 10, 11 years old. Imagine what it's like now. That was in 2000, in the 2000s. Imagine what it's like now for these kids where they see it at school every day and they see trans kids walking around the school, kids that want to be called a wolf or a a bunny. Or I had a girl at my middle school that thought she was a bunny rabbit and sometimes would hop around on all fours like a bunny rabbit. And this is in a conservative town. Our our town is majority conservative Christians. This is what we're dealing with now. And these kids see it every single day. And if we water down the truth, what are we really giving them? What are we really teaching them? What are we teaching them? To be ashamed of the gospel? Or are we just making church fun? And I mean, again, like I said, I'm all about fun. I love to have fun. I love to do puppets. But if we are using puppets just to entertain, then we're just becoming a source of entertainment. We're no better than VeggieTales and Nicktoons and Disney Plus and all this stuff. Now, it is okay to have some entertainment. And when Taylor does gotta, when Taylor does Sophocles, yes. he, he really wants to make the kids happy more than anything. He wants them to be happy. But I'm secretly using Sophocles to teach, and they don't realize it. Yeah. Half the time. Yeah. And, and But when they're adults and they start thinking about it, they'll be like, oh my goodness. I, I can remember, remember I had a really good Sunday school teacher. Her name was Sister Carrie. I had a fantastic Sunday school teacher growing up. She, I can remember stuff to this day. Half the reason I know the fruit of the Spirit is because she had a, a, a made up a song. And it is still the reason I know the fruit of the spirit because I'll go love, joy, peace. Like I will sit here and sing it because she taught me that we've got to have good teachers that know how to teach well. Taylor, me and Taylor on Monday nights, we—it's so funny. Monday we, nights were a little bit harder. Than Monday nights are are interesting because we have from five to thirteen sometimes, even yeah. older sometimes. 
Um, we it depends on who how they act how but teenagers we do, act. We do more of a classroom. Structure. We do classroom style teaching because we want them to it's learn. And we've we've gone through. Uh, we've gone through a whole bunch of stuff. We've been making them pray. They pray for 10, 15 minutes after class every time. Um, they bring their Bibles. And we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit lately. We have some kids that get so upset well, if they the don't come the to class on Monday nights. Uh-huh. And they're like, can I take my, my paper home so I can catch up? Like, We have kids that really... And that's not us trying to gloat, but like we've, we've made a classroom educational setting interesting enough yeah. that kids hate to miss it. They hate... And I'm telling you, we do it like a classroom. They have a notebook. They have a pencil. They bring their Bible. We read. We write stuff. I mean, we are really trying. The first thing we did is I had taken one of my Bible college classes, the uh, Bible survey, and I had dumbed it. I had not necessarily dumbed it down. I had He made, made it palatable it, for children. I, yeah. I made it bare bones. like, And basically, Bible survey is a class where you're learning about the Bible itself, like this uh, this book is about this. This Genesis is the first book, and then so on and so forth. And we went through the Bible that way and taught them, you know, that the first five books of the Bible are called the Pentateuch and all this other stuff. And of course, they're not going to remember all that. I know that. And some of them do, though. Some of them do remember. But with what we've been teaching, we've been talking about the fruit of the tongue. While we did buy this series from from somebody, um, because I figured it would be a little easier than us just making stuff up on the fly. Um, which be prepared. That's something we should talk about in a minute. But we have been talking about the fruit of the, the fruit of our tongue, the words we say, how we speak, how we talk. And what's so funny is we were sitting there the other day, and we get a text from one of the parents of the kids from the class, and she said God used Niall, which is her daughter, that's in our Monday night Bible studies, and. Are what we've been teaching on Monday night to check her and it convicted her because she had been reading they had missed a class and well no I think Niel said it to her Yeah, Niel said is that nice or something like that or is that the words you should speak or something along those lines and it convicted the mother and she was like oh my word this isn't right. And she went and deleted like 10 comments on Facebook off of somebody's posts that she shouldn't get involved in. And so (laughs) anyways, yeah, but like what we're teaching is not only just affecting the kids, but it's making them prod their parents and, and convict their parents. You know, even if they don't get it now, they're going to get it in the future. And I was telling my mom the other day, I said, all of that stuff you preached at me when I was a kid, is coming to fruition now as a 24-year-old adult. I remember Philippians 4 and 8, like the back of my hand, because my mom and dad used to preach it to me. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, taking every thought captive, the obedience of Christ, and every high thing that acknowledges us against the knowledge of God. I remember this stuff, and that was stuff mom and my mom and dad preached at me when I was a kid. So this isn't just falling on, Sunday school. on ground. But like Sunday school is not just... You're not throwing seeds and it's not getting anywhere. It's getting in there and it's going to stick somewhere and it's going to grow eventually. We, you got to be prepared. That's and something I want to talk about here in a minute. Being prepared. So, like we've stated so far, we need to, one, do better at telling the whole story and being a little bit harder about the, talking about the hard topics. Because if we're not going to do it, they're going to get that information elsewhere. So that's two. Three, it's not just all Sunday school's fault. If parents need to be involved, mm-hmm. 
And then four, sometimes, which is what she keeps bringing up, I like to fly by the seat of my pants on some stuff, and it works. And it's okay to sometimes. But not all the time. Well, like with what we do on Mondays, we need to have um, kids really do good with consistency. And a little bit of structure. And with structure. Even adults do good with structure and consistency. The kids desperately need it. They need something that's going to stay the same. And when it's probably a good thing we're not in Lithuania right now because they did not have somebody at the time to take over our kids' Bible study on Monday night. And we were very being picky (laughs) about who we put over it because those kids need somebody good in the church. Because the last thing we wanted it to become is... Sunday school or a free time or recess or babysitting because honestly out of all the Bible Bible college Bible study classes that we have on Monday nights the kids classes become the biggest it's bigger than almost all the adult classes if everybody showed up to Bible study and brought all the kids kids, like they normally do we would probably have 30 kids we we have 30 kids and that outweighs all the adult classes yeah but if we didn't offer this class, a lot of people wouldn't be bringing their kids. And they wouldn't come to Monday Night Bible Study. So there is a need for Sunday school. There's a need for Monday Night Kids Bible Study classes at your Bible studies. There's a need for it. But we have to make sure that we're doing it in a way that it's going to be effective. That it's going to grow. Yes, have fun. I'm all about fun. If you can't tell, duh. It's <laughs> fun to be fun, okay? He just got to have but then you gotta also know when to be serious and you also have to be able to speak to their on their level what they're dealing with yeah we've got kids that have anger problems because they come from a divorced home yeah we have kids that from bus routes and from things that don't know where their next meal is coming from we unfortunately yes we only have them for so long but we have to do all that we can to be impactful in those moments and you also can't write kids off I have seen kids pray for people and they were healed Yeah, I have seen kids have more faith than some adults and I have seen kids be able to do things and speak to people's life Uh, kids can speak into people's life they can I've seen it, I've seen it happen that's why Jesus loves the kids because they have a unadulterated faith unlike adults because the adults have come with all these baggage and doubts and I'm sorry adults and young young adults we do we come with all these baggage when it comes to our faith because we've been let down by this person or that person and sometimes yes even though kids experience that the baggage doesn't weigh them down like it weighs us down and if we give them the freedom with monitoring and with you know obviously within reason and within like hey I can see what they're doing they're good they're praying for somebody that's fine yeah you know, kids can do some great things. We can't as, just write them off. Uh, yeah, they can do things spiritually just like any adult can. I mean, think about it. If the kid with the three lows, the five fishes, and I just said that backwards, I think. I think it's the other way around. Anyway, if he wasn't there, and if he wasn't willing to share his meal with Jesus so Jesus could feed all these people, where would that story be? Would we even have that story? No. And, and okay, we've got to be patient with kids. Something we still struggle with. It is sometimes hard to be patient with children. But you do have to realize some of these kids have legitimate problems. Yes. Some kids have learning disabilities. Some kids, uh, sometimes we get so frustrated with some of our kids in class because they cannot read for the life of them. 
and they I should feel be. Like they should. And they should, in our opinion, they should be able to read because we have kids that are their age or younger that read perfectly, and it's so frustrating. Oh my god, we love it. We love when they read, but um, it, these kids have a lot of struggles in their life. They are going through a lot, and they are not like you, and they don't know how to handle it. This, and I, something I tell people all the time, especially keep this in mind with teenagers. You know, I know teenagers can be dramatic, okay? So, they, you know, when you were younger and your mom was like, quit acting like the world's ending. Now, this ain't the worst thing that's going to happen to you. Okay, at that moment in that person, in that kid's life, more than likely, this does feel like the worst thing that's ever happened to them because it probably is the worst thing that's ever happened to them. Breaking up with their boyfriend, like, for instance, me here. I'll use me again. I'm always a good example. I was um, probably 12, 13 years old. I had this boyfriend. Um, he wasn't in church. Um, he he went to a church every now and then. He came to church with me a couple times. But he really had no desire to live for God. Okay. My mom and dad sat me down one day. They cracked open the Bible and said, do not be unequally yoked. And I cried and sobbed my eyes out. And I did secretly date him for a few years. Um, we were we dated secretly for like three years. But that's beside the point. Um, my mom and dad, you know, were like, and I lost my ever-loving mind. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Oh, my God. Because it felt like the worst thing that ever happened to me. Because honestly, it was. Being told I had to break up with somebody I thought I loved was the worst thing that ever happened to me at that time. So, and and... Some kids are, trigger warning, they're being molested. They're being sexually abused. They are, I mean, you've got to think about it. They are going through, heck, I want to say the other word. They're going through, oh, they're going through it. So yeah, they might act like this is the end of the world because They've never had to deal with anything, and they don't have the coping mechanisms or the skills to to get over it. And now, obviously, not every teacher, not every person is going to be able to be a qualified therapist. We're, we, But we have to do our best to love these kids and, and be, and like I said earlier, Sunday school, we may have them for an hour, but we have to make that hour the most impactful hour we can. We also know the greatest therapist in the whole world. God. And while they may not go to him quickly, if we teach them correctly, they will go to him eventually. We interrupt today's episode to let you know a couple things. So if you go to the description of this uh, podcast or if you go to our Instagram page and click on the link in the bio, it will take you to our link tree. And there's a couple things on our link tree that we would like to tell you about. So first, the first link you're going to see is A Kingdom of Misfits, giving you every reason why God can and will use you. This is a book written by our co-host, Bailey Romans. That's me. Um, we are doing this study on our podcast right now. And... If you go, you buy a book, 
you're supporting our missions trip which is also another link on our thing if you click support the romance it's going to take you to our bonfire store that where we sell t-shirts or if you are a pastor or a minister or just an everyday person and you want to sponsor us or donate money towards our missions trip we are very 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 close to getting on the field so if you would like to sponsor us or even if we are on the field we could still use your sponsorship or your donation to keep us on the field even longer um you can message breaking apostolic taboo or you can find me and taylor personally on facebook or instagram and we would totally love to give you the information to help us also there is a tab for listener support where you can go buy us a coffee if you want to donate directly to the podcast so we can eventually do giveaways or make t-shirts or make merchandise in the future every little bit will go towards um buying equipment buying um whatever we need for the podcast so we hope that you enjoy this episode uh leave a review uh follow us on whatever listening platform you are and we hope that you enjoy this episode and you have been enjoying it So guys, what about everything else? Is there anything else you'd like to add to the Sunday School Conundrum? The Sunday School Conundrum. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, I don't have anything at all. What about you, Taylor? Oh, I have plenty I can always say. But, thank you, Sophie, please. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm the fun-loving one. So, um... I feel like we've already said it all. We just need to we need to step up our game. Sunday school should be more than an entertainment. It should be more than just a one-time event a week. It needs to be something impactful. And yes, I know not every teacher is going to be 100% able to do everything we listed. We get that. But that's where you, you try to do what you can with, the, with, what, you, with what means you have. Yeah. And everybody has a Bible. You should have a Bible. Check your curriculum. Go through it. See if the whole story is there. You can do that. Be prepared to teach those kids. Don't just walk in and be willy-nilly and, and say, I'm going to teach whatever the baby needs. You know what I mean? Whatever that. It's, it's doable. You can do it. It's not encouraged, but you can do it. Um, but you do need to make a conscious effort at reaching our children. As Sunday school teachers, as a Sunday school, as a church, as period we need to do better about reaching and talking to our kids and those kids bring more people to church yeah sometimes you can win a whole set of siblings and the next thing you know mommy and daddy sitting on the pew and coming to church with them and they may not be completely in church yet but you know if you could just continue to push mommy and daddy's gonna be all in church you also really need to make things available for kids within your ability and within what you can do you think of all the extracurricular activities that they get at school. Um, we need to do just as much. I'm sorry. We need to have just as much things to do. Because I re- and my dad used to do it every Friday. Every Friday we did something with our youth group. Every single Friday. Because my dad would rather us be with our youth group on a Friday night doing something dumb. Or, you know, you know just whatever playing games, playing board games, playing, you know, whatever. He would rather us be with each other, with the youth group on a Friday night than out at a party. 
or spending the night at somebody's house or, you know, he would rather us all be doing something godly in the church house or playing games at the church or then just nothing. And you can do stuff like that with kids. You really can. Well, every other week, once a week, Monday night Bible study. You can have Bible studies once a week with kids. Have a kid's Bible study once a week. Or use your Wednesday nights for for that if you don't do anything for kids on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Um, We're blessed to have a church that has enough volunteers that, you know, we can do Sunday. Hello, Jesus. (laughs) Sorry about that. We are blessed to be able to do Sunday a.m., we're blessed to be able to do Wednesday night jam classes, which is a VBS-like setup where the kids rotate around different classes. You know, they have a game one, they have a, a, a Bible story. Some nights they have choir instead of game because we have a kids' choir. We are able to have a, a small kids' choir. And, you know, just recently we did kids' revival, and that was popping. It was great. Um, that's the other conundrum is we... We want our kids to be saved. And now I'm talking to, like, young adults and I'm talking to parents for five seconds. You want your kids to be saved. One, you need to put effort into into it in your own home. Just just point blank. Sorry about it. You can't just expect Sunday school to have it all and have it all figured out for you. You have to make a conscious effort at raising your kids. Two, um, I know that you spend a lot of time with your kids every day of the week, 24-7, and you really don't want to put up with somebody else's kids, but if you want your Sunday school department to be a, the effective thing that you want to see it have happen, you need to put some hours into volunteer. It takes a village to run a Sunday school department. Even nursery toddlers. Oh my word, we used to teach toddler class, and that was amazing. <laughs> it was a little chaotic sometimes, but yeah. it was fun. Well, unfortunately, toddlers are chaotic. That's just part of it. But they're also kids, and they are smart, and they know what you're talking about. Yeah, even to this day, some of those kids still talk about some of the stuff we used to talk about in toddler class. So, it, like I said earlier, your seeds are not following, falling on, on hard dry, ground. hollow wrap. They're, they're looking in there somewhere. So, let's go through the list again oh, as Lord. we close it out. One. We need to make a better effort at telling the whole story and giving all the truth. Two. What was two? Um, I should have wrote these, wrote these down. I don't remember. Writ. Wow. What's the word? You've yeah. written them down. Two. We need to make, we may, we may only have them for an hour, but we need to make it the most impactful hour. I don't remember everything we said already. I don't remember the order either, but there was multiple things we've said. Three. We. As parents, we need to make every effort to do things at home as well at church and make sure that we're volunteering. Four, make sure that we have structure and that we are double-checking everything and doing our best to give the best. There's probably more. There's probably more. We've probably said more I'm trying to sum it up and that'd be nice. I hope that this has inspired you. I hope this has made you want to do better, made you want to teach a class, made you want to volunteer. These kids need you, even if it's just once a month. Because guess what? Kids have souls, too. Kids have souls, and, and their soul is in the balance. And guess what? Oh, that when reminds me of that. judgment day comes, they're going to be, there's going to kids be. Kids are going to get judged by God. 
I mean, they're going to face say judgment. Accountability, and that kids will be under their parents for so long. But honestly, in the day and age we live in, kids are getting more knowledgeable and smarter earlier and earlier about things, and they should know right from wrong from an early onset. Kids are going to have Bible to face doesn't give us an official like age, so who's to say that the age is a lie? Do you realize that there are kids that are going to be in hell? Do you realize that there were kids on the day that Noah built the ark that were trying to get into the ark? And I bet you if we had the ark in front of us, the scratches and nails of parents and kids trying to get on the ark. Mm-hmm. And we want to say that they don't matter. And we want to say they don't matter. And we don't want to put in the effort. Mm. <laughs> All right, we're ending it. Mic drop. The end. Done. We're not even, you know, go home no. and pray. This is your altar call. Altar call. <laughs> Missions. Anyways, all right. Well, we're thankful that you listened to this week's episode. I hope y'all have enjoyed it. I hope it has inspired you. I had so you. much fun being here, guys. It was great oh, hearing so all this. I'm so glad you're here, Sophocles. Do you have any final remarks, Sophocles? My name is Sophocles. Sophocles? No, Sophocles. Socks and cheese. No, Sophocles. Sophocles. Here you go. Good girl. Soft cleats. I'm going to hit you. <laughs> Don't do that, Sophocles. You're, you're seven years old and she's a grown adult. She will whoop you. Okay, I'll be good. So. Anyways, we hope y'all have enjoyed this week's episode. Um, we're thankful that Taylor is filling in for Alicia during her break. And I was so glad to be here. Yes, yeah, Sophocles, we know. We know, Sophocles. I'm going to Aristotle. Oh, no, don't go to Aristotle. If you can do it. I had such a good time listening in the background. Oh, my word. Anyways, I hope y'all have a good week. Um, we have will a see you. We will see you next time on Breaking Apostolic Taboo. I am Bailey Romans. I'm Taylor. I'm Suffolk. And yes, I'm Suffolk.